That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I'm Shane Raymer, and you're listening to that Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. We also talk about drugs, alcohol, recovery, and other random shit, and we have some fun while we do it. Hope you're enjoying listening today, and thank you for tuning in once again. Today, we're talking with Chris Mavakwa, and Chris is a former addictions counselor turned nutritionist, and now the creator of Holistic Sobriety Course. Uh, Chris is 16 years drug-free. He has a passion for sharing tips and tricks to destroy recovery with proper nutrition, fitness, stress management, and more. Uh, Chris lives in Vancouver, British Columbia with his wife and his son and can often be found cooking up new healthy recipes, collecting toys, watching horror flicks, and uh, generally just nerding out. And uh, man, I'm so pumped to, to talk with Chris today. We've been chatting back and forth for months now. He's an awesome dude, and he's got a lot of good stuff to offer to the recovery community. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. Before we get to Chris, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Uh, you can connect with us on Instagram, at RealThatSoberGuy, and on Twitter, at Shane Raymer. Uh, now, finding the right treatment for addiction and mental health illness can be tough. And uh, that's why Sober Guys continue to partner with Foundation's Recovery Network. Foundation stays true to their mission, holds high ethical standards while providing treatment in their nationwide network of residential and outpatient programs. Uh, Foundation has individualized treatment plans, and they're focused on creating lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. Uh, Like I said, we've been working with foundations for a couple of years now. We'll be down at the Innovations and Recovery Conference. Uh, That's the week of April 16th through the 19th. And uh, man, we we have a great time down there. We get to connect with a lot of great people uh, inside and outside foundations uh, network, uh, as well as do some podcasting. Uh, So look out for that coming up in April. If you want more info about that, you can check out Foundations Recovery Network. Um, And then also, if you want some help, or you have some questions about treatment options, Uh, you have any questions about addiction recovery, Uh, you can go to foundations.com slash sober guy, or you can call 833-81-SOBER. That's uh, 833-81-SOBER, and you can talk with an admissions coordinator uh, about your treatment options. Uh, Now, one more thing, and then we're going to get to Chris. I get a lot of questions about early sobriety. What do I do? Where do I go? Um, what don't I do? That's always a classic one. Like I, you know, I don't really know what the hell I'm doing half the time. I'm just going to be upfront about that. I'm doing the best I can. I don't have all the answers, but here's what I finally did. Me and some of my closest friends and colleagues created a podcast video course called how to navigate the first 90 days of sobriety. Um, we talk about the first 90 days. Obviously you can, you can kind of understand that in the course title, um, about what worked for us, what didn't work for us, uh, what we've seen work for other people, what we've, what we've seen that hasn't worked for other people. And we put it all into, I think there's 13 uh, or, or 12 sessions uh, and a bunch of other podcasts too that are really relative to aftercare and uh, the first 90 days of, of sobriety and of recovery. You can get the course right now for 25 bucks using the promo code half off at checkout. Go to thatsoberguy.com, click on courses. We also give the course away for free to all veterans. So if you're a veteran and you're looking to, uh, to, to get sober, to, to help navigate those first 90 days, DM me on Instagram, at Real That Sober Guy, and I'll give you some details. We'll hook up. 
Um, and, uh, and I'll get you a promo code and you can download the course there for free. That one more time, that's that sober Click on courses. All right, Chris, my friend announcements, all that good stuff out of the way. Um, dude, it's good to chat with you. Finally, man, it's been months. I think we first met, um, uh, over the phone. We had a phone call. I want to say like last July or something. Exactly. I know it's been yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Shane. Like I said, it's a long time coming and uh, been super excited to chat with you. And uh, yeah, man, you've been a great support. So thank you so much for everything. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And uh, I know you've been hard at work on uh, on your course, the Holistic Sobriety course coming up. Um, I mentioned in the bio, 16 years of recovery. Uh, let's talk about first and give a little shout out to how we connected. Sure. David, David Ratchford, dude, is like, he's like the the connections guru, dude. Like I can't count how many people I've actually uh, been connected with and, and been able to talk with and, and um, you know, and then of course, uh, you know, have my own relationship with David himself, but he's such a good dude. Just want to say what's up to him and uh, thanks for the connection, man. And look what happens when we step out and uh, make connections. Now you and I get to create some great content today. Yeah, absolutely. No, Dave, David's a cool guy. And uh, not only did he connect me with you, but he connected me with Erica Spiegelman as well. And I was on her podcast. And uh, so yeah, big ups to, to David. He's a good guy for sure. Yeah, Erica's awesome too, man. I've been able to uh, to chat with her a couple times. She's been on the show as well. Um, and just just good people, man. Nothing like getting around some good folks and talking about recovery. Absolutely. So you got 16 years uh, free from drug addiction. Um, let's talk a little bit about that, man. Where did that start for you? Sure. So, I mean, for me, it kind of started like the typical route, maybe like with a lot of people in my teen years, you know, we... Um, I was a pretty, you know, average kid. I didn't do, you know, much wrong. I spent most of my time just skateboarding, hanging out with my friends. And um, we moved a lot as a kid. And I always hated that. I had like a lot of resentment every time we had to pick up and go somewhere new. You're always the new kid in school and you got to meet new friends and all that. And so this was around like 16. We'd been living in a place a little while. I had like my, you know, my first love and a good group of friends. And I thought the world was, you know, never going to change. And then we got picked up again and we moved to this tiny little small town. And so as a 16, 17 year old, I was just completely, you know, just filled with rage and anger at my parents at this point. And I kind of thought, screw it. You know, what, what do I have to, to lose at this point? And the place that we, that we moved to was, uh, it's a small town and was like, like a lot of small towns that don't have a lot going on, tons of alcohol abuse, tons of drug abuse and all this going on. And I just slid right into that wow. perfectly and enjoyed every minute of it, you know, <laughs> and um, just kept that going all through high school. But it really wasn't until I left high school, moved away from there. So I was away from my parents, you know, living with a group of friends and we were all a bad influence on each other. This was probably like, you know, uh, 1993, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, rave culture was kind of just starting and these underground <laughs> parties and stuff. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I did yeah. some MDMA the first time and I thought, I'm going to save the world with this. This is, <laughs> this is it, right? Yeah. And, um, and then, like, uh, like, all good things, you know, the party stopped, but my party didn't stop, right? <laughs> and yeah. so that kept going and, you know, it wasn't just ecstasy, it was anything you could think of crystal meth to ketamine to PCP to yeah. whatever was available. I was ready to do that. And that was years and years of basically just living like a nocturnal 
life. Like I, I wasn't awake in the day. I was only out in the wee hours of the night. I was, you know, <laughs> embarrassing to say, but I had transitioned to that whole club kid yeah. club culture type thing. I had piercings in my face and the hair and the whole, <laughs> all that, all that stuff. And um, yeah, it just got darker and darker and you know how that goes till eventually it's just, you know, my life was out of control and I just couldn't, I couldn't yeah. take it anymore. What- I, and and this is kind of just coming to me this this question right now about you mentioned like the piercings and the and the hair and um you know I think a lot of us have, have experienced those times especially in our twenties we're kind of trying to find ourselves yeah. we don't really know who we are and it's funny like as you were saying that um, I'm thinking like man I wonder if Chris could speak on you know like you're trying to find yourself and you're doing all these things to find yourself but it's really not helping you find yourself it's actually dividing yourself from who you really are at the same time does that make sense i absolutely it makes perfect yeah. sense because you're not you're not finding yourself you're becoming like a like a character of yourself exactly right? yeah exactly not, there's nothing real about it at all you know yeah. and that's the funny thing is because you're everybody else is doing that and you're hanging out with this group of people you're all interacting the same way and you're thinking well this is my friends and i love them and they love me but i don't even know who i am they don't know who they are yeah i can't love them because they can't you know i can't love myself and like you know yeah. you're, just, you're just trapped in this big big circle you know and then, but you're clueless of it at the time so yeah and you feel like you, you know you said yeah I, lo- I love them and you know and i'm sure there's some some love there no doubt but mm-hmm. it is a um it's it's like a surface level in a sense because i can only get on that wavelength or that connection when i'm on drugs exactly yeah so so anyways man i didn't mean to interrupt you but you know uh so this is into your 20s i'm assuming right the, yeah the so this lasted like like i said up until i don't even remember exactly what the year was to be <laughs> honest with you i'm guessing yeah. it was somewhere around 27 like that i uh it was just i had lots of moments before that that were really horrible where I should have said this is it but for whatever reason just this one incident it was actually just a fairly quiet night at home I was with my then girlfriend at the time we did a bunch of drugs she I thought she was gonna OD I had to take her to the hospital I lied and said you know she had some health issues so we're sitting in there and you know what I mean and the doctors are yelling at us and it was just this crazy night and finally you know I brought her home and, you know, was worried this person was going to die. And I just remember sitting there, you know, in the middle of the, the wee hours of the morning in this dark room. And I thought, this has got to change. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Like, yeah. this is just, my life is too crazy. I got to, I got to make some changes. So what, what was that next uh, step that you went into to actually start uh, building a foundation to make changes? Because that's, uh, you know, a lot of the time we hear, you know, it's the denial factor is so big. And mm-hmm. you and I both, just from what you said, I experienced that too, where I had quite a few times where I knew I needed to quit and stop and I actually wanted to, but I never kind of went all in. Like, mm-hmm. what was that? What was that moment that was all in where you actually started doing some work to start getting on that path to recovery? Yeah, I just, um, yeah, like I said, there was a bunch of, uh, a bunch of times before that just really didn't stick. And for whatever reason, this one was the one that just really motivated me into it. And I just dove into it full bore. I didn't, even at that time, I don't think I even considered myself as having like a real problem or anything. Like I didn't yeah. think, oh, I need to go to, I didn't even really know what recovery was. I don't think I, or an option to go to a treatment center or anything like that. Hmm. I kind of just decided to go into like a monk mode and, um, 
all these things sort of switched around that time for me. Like I had spent a couple of years before that basically sleeping on friends' couches and floors. I didn't really have much of a job. Um, and then, you know, I was with this in this bad relationship. And basically when I made this decision, it was like the relationship ended. I actually got like my first full-time job, like real paying job. After that, I was able to get like a little studio apartment for myself. And that was it. I basically like, I was like, I'm not getting cable TV. I'm going to read books. I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to go to the gym. And I just kind of like, I took it upon myself just to like, yeah. be like, this is it. I'm making changes like across the board. And, and that's what I did. I just dove into it. Some of them stuck, some of them didn't. Um, you know, I would still maybe, you know, use every once in a like, Oh, it's just a party. So I'll use on a Saturday or whatever or something like that, you know, but it was, uh, it was the beginning and that's like led me to where I am now, you know, like it, it took a long time, I'd say like for making that decision. to when I really felt like I was like a capable, like confident human being, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you, so you didn't, you didn't do uh, any, me you didn't go to meetings. You didn't, didn't do anything like that. No. Dude, and I, and I, I love hearing, and I love hearing that. And I always want to say this too, like, especially for someone new in recovery, I'm not recommending, and I would probably guess that you're not re that you wouldn't. I'm not going to speak for you. You can follow up or whatever, but I'm not recommending that people just try to do it on willpower alone. Mm. Um, and and when I say that, I can really only speak for myself when I say that I know I couldn't do it on willpower alone because I I tried it. I tried it a couple times and it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I was a little bit more familiar from what it sounds like than you were about actual recovery. Just just from other friends and um, kind of going through Al-Anon and ther therapy and stuff as I grew up. So I kind of was able to go down that path. Mm -hmm. um, but I love hearing that at the same time because I think it's, it's proof that shit that works for one person doesn't work for the next and vice Absolutely. versa. And it's really important for us to keep an open mind and not just say, this is the only way. Yeah. That's the only way. If you don't do it like this, you're going to fucking fail. Like it's, that's not, that's not always the case. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, absolutely. I agree 100%. I don't think there's one specific way that you can get it done. We're all individuals in this. We all have yeah. our own, you know, weak or strong constitution and how we need, want to, you know, go through these things. And um, that's just up to the individual. Yeah. And that's something yeah. I talk a lot about in holistic sobriety. Like there's no real one way. There's a lot of different support groups. You can do it this way. You can do it on your own. You can, yeah. I mean, everybody finds their own path at some point. So. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of a great segue into holistic sobriety. That's one of the questions I had for you and let's just open it up like this. Like, what is it? What is holistic sobriety? Let's kind of break it down. Sure. So I'll just give you a little bit of a background to kind of how, just how it formed. So after I had, um, you know, my trials and tribulations, a couple of years after that of just sort of working a normal job, I thought, I want to do something to give back. I want to like work with people in the, in the community and, and who are addicted or who, who are homeless. So I went back to school and I wound up working as, a, an, an, out, as an outreach worker um, for Family Services in Greater Vancouver, which is like one of the largest nonprofits here. So I was working with their street youth program. So working with young people who are like 18 and under on the streets, addicted, mental health issues, a lot of violence, all that kind of stuff. And, and I went and I did that for about four years. Um, and it was great. Like I just, I can't say enough 
good things. About well, you straight, it. you straight dove into the trenches, like right out of it. I mean, really, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I, I, lo- I loved it. It was like the people I worked with, um, the, the, the kids that I worked with, everything about it was great. It really, I mean, it changed my life. Um, you know, unfortunately it was more like government funding and stuff that ended that really rather than me losing a passion for it. Um, but then after that, again, I'm just kind of working a regular day job and then thought again, man, I'm, you know, I'm not satisfied just working these regular jobs. I have this real thing in me where like, I got to be working with people. I got to be helping, you know? Yeah. And so at that time, health and nutrition was really big for me because I had some really bad health issues. So I thought, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to go to school. Um, and I went and I got my uh, certification to be a nutritionist. And it was when I was doing that, that I thought, Oh, you know what, it would be really cool to meld these two worlds together because I don't think anybody's doing that. And, um, that was basically how holistic sobriety was born. Um, where I thought there's a plenty of programs where people talk a lot about the psychological aspects of ending addiction. And that's, totally good. And that is a conversation that everyone should be having. But when it came to having conversations about proper nutrition and exercise and how to like manage your stress or how to end your negative self-talk and these kind of things, I thought there wasn't really much out there that I was finding. And I thought I wanted to rectify that. And so just kind of dove in head first and started researching as much as I could. And then I thought this could make a really, really cool program and, and that's how that was born yeah i mean you you mentioned uh you've been working on this program for the last three years and one of the things we talked about before we started recording was the amount of research that goes mm-hmm. into that that went into this um this project for you uh what was that like man it was uh crazy and really eye-opening like i just was blown away at the stuff that that i was learning i actually thought that the drug aspect would have been the harsher component to it. Yeah. And the information about, I never had an issue with alcohol. It was never a problem for me. Uh, I didn't abuse alcohol. I didn't really drink it. Um, and to just the information about alcohol, how toxic it, toxic it is and what it does to your body. I was just, every day I was just like, wow, really? Yeah. Straight poison studies and just going, <laughs> man, this is incredible. Like, do, do people know the depth of this? And and uh, so, I, you know, I wanted to share it, and it was just like, yeah, it was really blew my mind, blew my mind completely. What do you, What do you think is like, um, if you had to break it down to two or three of the top, um, you know, the top things in holistic sobriety that, that are like the component, the, like the key component factors, I guess, maybe if I sure. put it into some trying to sound smart terms, yeah. um, <laughs> what, what, what would that look like for you? Yeah. Well, let me put my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me put my glasses yeah. on. <laughs> I'd say like the key component is like really simply is like healthy eating, exercise and stress management. Like those three components right there. Um, can do so much to change somebody's life in a positive way who is recovering um, that I don't think we give it enough credit how much help um, that, that that can help with, especially for uh, emotional distress. Mm-hmm. You know, like one of the main things, and I'm sure you know too, like people talk about is, is 
the emotional distress, right? Like the anxiety and the fear and the self-doubt and um, the irritability and the depression and all that kind of stuff. Those are absolutely normal ways to be feeling because we have done in particular so much damage to the brain and our neurotransmitters and dysregulated all of these things. Um, that is totally changeable. That's fixable. And I'm not saying like you're going to change overnight, but if you can increase your chances of like, you know, lowering your relapse by that much more because you're doing these things yeah. and making yourself feel that much better. It's like, why, why wouldn't you do that? You know? So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, it's, it's funny. My wife and I were just having a conversation. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a conversation. It was more me kind of ranting or whatever. And I, I apologize to my wife in advance uh, right now uh, publicly. Uh, but what I, what I was kind of saying, and she, you know, she's good about, you know, okay, okay. You know, she understands, I guess, what I'm trying to get at. But, um, it, you know, there's all these different diets and all these different things like, you know, keto. Uh, I've, I've been hearing a lot about carnivore diet now mm -hmm. and all this. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't have, I don't even know, uh, you know, nearly anything about any of these other than just some basic stuff. Right. Yeah. But, my, but my point when I was, when I was talking to my wife was, you know, what happened to going back to the simplicity of being a human being? 100, 200 years ago, where number one, they were just trying to survive by eating. So it was just a general meal, you know, some, some, some healthy foods, some general exercise, and um, let's get ourselves on uh, a somewhat, you know, normal health, um, health regimen or health, uh, you know, daily cycle, I guess. Yeah. Um, is there a component to that? Like, what, like, cause that's kind of what it sounds like in holistic sobriety. Like it's taking it back to just the basics almost. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the thing is I stress the simple all the time. Holistic sobriety takes the complex and makes it simple, you know, because I feel like we get lost in our heads and we get lost in our thoughts and humans just have this like great ability to make things more complex than they need to be. So I just try to bring it back down to that really simple, basic level. And like you said, you know, with the diets, I don't preach a specific diet. I have a way that I eat, which could be kind of compared to like a paleo diet, I guess, but I don't call it that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not here to police anybody's diet. I don't, that's just like a waste of time for me. So uh, you know, what I preach is like, I just focus on the simple. So I don't focus on a diet. I focus on like protein, fat, and carbs. Mm. And like what elements of those should you be eating? So you can do all of those, whether you're vegan or carnivore, it doesn't really matter to me. So that's why when I created the program, um, I didn't have a diet in mind and I made sure that I had meal plans, whether you considered yourself a carnivore, an omnivore or a vegetarian and a vegan because those things to me don't matter. We're just going to talk about food and, and how to eat simply again, nutritiously. Yeah. you know? I, I got to hook you up with my buddy Marv. He's down uh, in San Diego and he owns uh, one rep at a time. And, and I had some good convos with him um, about exercise and, and, and fitness and diet. And well, we kind of kicked the kick the word diet out in, in the conversations. And he goes, he started talking about, um, he calls it smart eating. So mm. it's not going to be clean eating or a diet or anything like, let me just eat smart. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that made sense to me. And I kind of, that kind of clicked when he said that I went, okay, wait a minute. Like I can do that. Like it's not going to happen overnight, but let mm -hmm. me start making better choices. Now, unfortunately, my dumb ass still smashes down the hostess cherry pie of <laughs> at the grocery store. It's like a running inside joke on the show. Yeah. What about those little cravings, dude? The like for sugar, like sugar is a big one in recovery for me, man. And I know it is for a lot of other people out there. What's your take on that? 
Absolutely. Uh, sugar is, um, yeah, is the beast, right? It's the demon that, that haunts everybody. And there's a really, really good reason for that, especially for, for former alcoholics is because you've been downing sugar <laughs> in a liquid form for so long. Yeah. Your body is just craving it. So when you remove, this is what I, uh, what I tell people, and I think this is really interesting because I don't know how many people fully can grasp this, is you've been drinking sugar for so long Alcohol is um, a refined carbohydrate, essentially. It's like more refined than white sugar. It's just like you're pounding that all day. And what you're doing is like you're keeping your body in a low blood sugar cycle, right? So you know the typical, right? You're, you're feeling good because the sugar's high, so your dopamine's kicking and life is awesome. But as soon as that sugar wanes and comes down, now you're irritable, now you're angry, yeah. and your body's craving that boost again, so you're going to reach for another drink to get yourself back to where you want to be. And that's a vicious cycle that almost every single alcoholic is in. It's low blood sugar cycle or the hypoglycemic cycle. You're just going to keep going through that. It's like a never ending cycle basically. And so when you get um, off alcohol, your body's going to crave those refined carbohydrates and those sugars because it wants to replace that. It wants that dopamine hit again. So I tell people like, I know it's so hard to stay away from that stuff. Cause you're like, fuck, I gave up drinking. Let me eat a yeah. fucking chocolate bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But the less you can do that, the better you help yourself because you might have removed the alcohol from the situation. But if you keep going with the sugar, you're still keeping yourself in that hypoglycemic low blood sugar cycle and all of the issues with that are still going to manifest in particular the emotional distress the depression the up and down the emotional roller coaster so when people are like in new recovery and they're like fuck i just want to feel normal but you're still eating the cake and you're still doing this like you're not helping yourself in that situation so i know how hard it is i get it but like man you can really save yourself a lot of heartache by removing or limiting severely the amount of yeah. sugar and refined carbohydrates in your diet. Damn, dude, that's so good, bro. I, I am uh, like, I appreciate you breaking that down because I've never thought of it like that from, I've always thought of it more or less from the addictives of, of the high of alcohol. I've never actually really thought about it from like it being a, a, a sugar addiction as well. And then that mm -hmm. probably ties back in, like I grew up as a kid eating sugar. So I actually started those alcoholic or addictive traits when I was really, really young, like a lot totally. of people out there. Totally. Um, so, okay, so what, what are a couple or one, or do you have any kind of applicable points that might help people like myself or others out there listening who are like, man, so if I get that craving for, you know, sugar, is there anything I can kind of supplement? I mean, I guess it would be the same for, for even alcohol or something, but um, if we just stick to the, the sweet part of it, the sugar part of it, is there anything we can do to help? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, if you want to, I mean, there's a lot of like low sugar, you know, sort of like treats and stuff, desserts or whatever that you can make yourself. There's, you know, plenty of those on online. But one of the things I stress is like, and, and you know, if you do that every once in a while, you know, it's, that's life. I still do that now. You know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. a, a, you know, a monk sitting here never <laughs> eating sugar and I would never expect anybody else to do that, but if you can limit it. That's great. But one of the things you can do to really help that is increase your protein intake. Uh. Protein makes you feel full. And when you're full, you're just not going to have that craving anymore. The other thing that the protein is going to do is it's going to 
uh, dietary proteins can create those amino acids that are going to create your neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin and GABA. So it's gonna, you're going to get that regulation and you're going to feel better. That's why a lot of people, when you see, um, you know, talking about a new recovery, they're like, I go to the gym and that's my thing that keeps me feeling yeah. awesome all day. It's the same mechanism because you're, you're, you're healing your brain and you're letting those neurotransmitters regulate back again into a normal place. And protein does the same thing. A high, high quality protein intake does the same thing. So exercise and protein together are super helpful in getting yourself out of that yeah. mode. What, uh, what is like a normal, um, you said it's okay to have like a little bit of it and, and maybe, I don't know if you just speak for yourself or just in general, but what is that? Like, is it okay to have like a donut once a week or something? Or I'm just, that's like, like, like my kids, for instance, like they want to go get donuts on a Sunday. Right. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's like, damn, I really want to crush that maple <laughs> bar right now, but daddy doesn't want to be a fatty this summer. You know what I mean? Like what, what am I going to do? But like, what's, what's like a normal yeah. thing? I mean, what, yeah. what are some I, I say like, my thing is like, if you're, if the rest of the week you've eliminated sugar, you've kept it as low as you can. And you're actually like, you're active. Um, whether that means, uh, you're going to the gym or like you walk every day or you skateboard or you bike to work or you do whatever, you yeah. do some kind of physical activity then smash that donut, man. Just, yeah. You know what I mean? Enjoy it. It's, <laughs> it's all good. I, you know, once or twice, uh, three times a month or something like that. If you want to have a little treat, I mean, yeah. you know, go for it. So that, that's kind of my take. All right. And I'm just, just for full transparency out there, uh, half the time it's my kids saying, let's get donuts. The other half, it's me going, Hey, you want to guys want to get donuts? This yeah, <laughs> totally. For sure. <laughs> I mean, my thing is like, I, I have, my problem is pizza. That's my, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So dude, yeah. That's to, another one. Limit my pizza intake, but if you know, my son or someone was like pizza, I'm like, that's <laughs> my arm to get me to go to the bucket yeah. slice place and, and get some pizza slices right so what a thing and we just try to manage it best we can right so well yeah and i think that's a good point like just and i you know it's like um in uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for in um oh damn i can't think of it right now moderation moderation yeah. as long as we're doing it moderately and i know like for me like that's hard for me because I was never moderate with cocaine. I was give me the whole bag and I want to do it till it's gone or I die or till, I mean, thank God I didn't die, but I very well could have many a times. Um, So that same, that same kind of concept applies like to food with me. Um, And, and, you know, it's, it's an ongoing, an ongoing battle. And I'm trying to approach it more just from that recovery kind of standpoint, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, for sure. And that's a good point. And that's why I like, I kind of hesitate to, tell people what they can and can't do in that mm-hmm. area. Like they need to sort of regulate it themselves. But in particular, when we're talking about people with addicted tendencies, um, things like in moderation doesn't work a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. That means I'll go get one donut and eat 12, right? Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I crushed. I, okay. So I crushed a whole, my wife bought and, ble- and bless her heart. It was so sweet of her. She brought home two boxes of Girl Scout cookies the other day, a box <laughs> of Thin Mints and a box of the peanut butter ones for her. Dude, I crushed that whole box of Thin Mints. I ate one sleeve during my, uh, during my work day, like throughout the day, like I'll, I'll just have a couple of them, right? Before yeah. The whole thing was gone. And by the nighttime, the other one was gone. So <laughs> yeah. moderation thing, dude, is, is tough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know myself to be the same way. So that's why like, you know, I allow myself a treat every once in a while, you know, go get yeah. like a nice chocolate bar, a dark chocolate bar or something like that. And I'm not the type of guy that can have one 
peace. You know, I don't know how people can do that. I really I don't. don't. Yeah. Um, so that's why I save it up, and it's like a nice treat where it's like, hey, I'm going to eat this whole thing tonight. What, and that's it, right? What is your What does your regular diet look like? If you don't mind me asking, man, like, what's just? I mean, what you're you're just your regular uh, healthy eating habits? Yeah. So my regular diet is, um, and actually, it's kind of always changing. But where I'm in, I'm into a nice groove really now. Like the last year, and particularly even I'd say like even like the last six months um, of uh, really upping my protein. That was like a huge thing for me. Um, learning how to do that and just eating a lot more, uh, animal protein for me was big. So a lot more steaks and chicken and, and stuff like that. I found my energy levels increased and I wasn't as hungry and I didn't have that sort of bloaty water weight that like carbs and sugar give you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically for me is like high protein is a must. Uh, good quality fats in moderation, and then basically like little to no carbohydrates. For me, that works really well. And um, mm. I even, without doing a lot of exercise, um, you know, I lost a lot of weight just by eating that way. So let's so that let's kind of move into that aspect then of like exercise, fitness. Um, mm -hmm. How does that connect with holistic sobriety, and, and what's your take on that? Mm -hmm. So I'm not a fitness trainer, like at all. I don't really know much about that. And what I did for holistic sobriety was just look at the exercises that are going to heal the problem areas that have arisen from, you know, former addictions. So in particular, um, that's going to be the brain. And there's a lot of good exercises, um, uh, weightlifting, especially heavy weightlifting, and in particular, HIIT training, which I'm not sure if you know what that is, but high intensity interval training um, is really, really good for healing the brain. So, and what I mean by that is addictions, um, we have white and gray matter in our brain, and addictions uh, destroys the gray matter in our brain, the area where we have our memories and our ability to learn and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, the thing that's really cool is that, that that's not fixed. So you can grow gray matter back oh, and wow. exercise is one of the ways that you can do that. In particular, high intensity interval training is a really good way. Studies have shown for you to grow your um, gray matter back and some of the best ways to do that actually is meditation and mindfulness and yoga in particular. So yeah. uh, I talk about those a lot, but um, yeah, a lot of people equate fitness with the gym and I try to move away from that because I know not everybody is interested in going to the gym and lifting weights. If you can, that's great. That's definitely what you should be doing. But I try, I talk a lot about like just staying fit and just staying active. And it, like I said, if that means like skateboarding or riding your bike or walking or playing with your kid at the park, then do that like as much yeah. as you can just, just stay fit and healthy, keep your body moving. Cause as soon as you stop moving, that's when you're going to have the issues, right? Yeah. That's when you're going to have the, the bad hip and those bad knees and that bad back and like all that yeah. kind of stuff, right? Dude, my wife and I did a yoga class yesterday and uh, I don't do yoga often. I've done it before, but it's not a regular thing. I'm, I'd like to start making me, yeah, more, more well. often at least. Dude, that it, it is, um, you know, this was just like a beginning, you know, yoga class. And I, I realized how how unflexible I am at this moment in my life. Too. Man, totally. but, and, but the funny thing was, is we woke up this morning and, and we both, we were, we were having a cup of coffee and we both went, man, you know, we're, we're a little sore today, but man, we just feel really good. You know, it just mm -hmm. made us feel really, really good. Yeah, for you, sure. You kind of couple that in with the meditation, yeah. uh, prayer time, 
whatever it is that works for anybody. Yep. Um, I know that's a big part of my own, uh, recovery, yep. you know, trying to stay plugged into that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's exactly what I, what I tell people they should be doing for sure. That, that, uh, you know, connecting with that, whatever that is for you, whether that's, you know, the God in the traditional sense or more of a metaphysical sense, maybe like a Buddhist practice or whatever, like do it. That's, you yeah. know, whatever it is that you connect with, do it because that's a positive for sure. In like, every time I say that it's a positive, I mean like studies have shown that those things <laughs> well, yeah, are shit. to help you. You did three years of research, so I'm yeah. sure you have the facts to back yeah. it up, which I love, man, because it's like, you know, I think that there's a lot of, um, well, I shouldn't talk about other people, but, but whatever, I guess I'm going to, there's a lot of people out there that just throw shit out there mm -hmm. and, um, it really takes, um, you know, someone to throw shit out there, but then have the facts to back it up. And I feel like you really have the knowledge and the stuff. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you for sharing all this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you. I mean, that was a really important aspect for me. If I'm going to be giving people, um, health advice, I didn't want it to do my due diligence and like, know for sure that yeah. like I'm giving you the most up-to-date advice. Like you said, I can't, I don't know everything. I can't know everything, but what I can do is just stay on top of the most, you know, uh, the, the most recent research and give you, you know, that info yeah. that other people are doing and, and, um, and spreading the, the word that way. So the last, the last part of uh, holistic sobriety that you mentioned when I asked you about the three points uh, and just to recap real quick, it was, uh, it was um, uh, eating habits or diet, uh, smart eating, clean, whatever you call it, yeah. um, and then exercise and fitness. And then you also mentioned stress, yeah. um, you know, stress management, anxiety, depression. Um, yeah. What is the component there? Yeah. So uh, what I stress for that part is just what I was talking about before was uh, meditation practice, a mindfulness practice, um, a yoga practice. Um, those things in particular um, are just an incredible positive to, to add to your life. Um, not only are you, you know, bringing your, your blood pressure down and your heart rate down, you're telling your body like it's okay to not be in that stress mode anymore, yeah. but you're also doing that brain healing too, right? Which is like a big, huge, uh, you know, positive in, in recovery, but learning how to manage your emotions, I think is probably one of the top things in recovery that people deal with, right? That's like one, it seems to be like one of the number one things that people talk about, right? It's just their emotions get in the way you get stuck in your head, you get caught up in these thoughts and you don't know how to manage them. And learning how to do that is, is like one of the top things for me. Um, because, uh, our brains, our minds lie to us constantly, right? There's a little yeah. voice in there all day telling you, you're not good enough. You can't do this. You suck. No one likes you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. You go, okay, brain. Not the, sure. Thanks, brain. That's, I'm totally going to believe everything you just said. I don't know why we do that. That's just a human thing that we do yeah. that. Um, and what we need to do is learn how to just see those thoughts as, um, just things that our brain does, right? Our brain just yeah. babbles all this shit. And if we don't react to them, that's, that's the thing is like, you can see them, yeah. don't react to them. You know, that's where you're going to, when you start learning that practice and it's a lifelong practice. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time and of course I still get angry and depressed and all those things all the time, but it's just incorporating that into your life as yes. just something that you just do every day, every week, whatever it is, you will get to the point where you will achieve, like the Buddhists say, equanimity, which is water off the duck's back, where those moods don't hit you as hard. You don't take them on as like, that's my identity, like the yeah. angry, depressed guy. You're just like, well, I'm feeling 
I was feeling a bit angry and depressed today. So, that was today. Tomorrow's a different day. So, you're, so you're not taking it so personal, in other exactly. words. And and one of the um, one one of my favorite meditations is by Noah Levine, and he talks a lot about. Well, I heard him say one time, and I can't remember if it was on this one or in the book. I don't remember where I I heard him say it, but uh, he talks about referring to his brain as the brain. Yeah, so it's this exactly. separate entity. And like, dude, when he when he said that, something yep. clicked in my head, and I went, yep. wait. So I don't have to take all this shit so personal. Totally. My, my brain is so fucking powerful that it's not connected directly to my soul, to my heart. Like, okay, so, and that, that did something for me for a minute where, and I still don't fucking get it, obviously. It's a work in progress every day, yeah. but it has helped me to not take, like you're saying, those crazy ass thoughts or yeah. those feelings or that bad day and not take it so personal and then not beat myself up over it. Totally, 100%. And same thing with me, like, so much love to to Noah Levine and to Dharma Punks and to uh, and to Chris Grasso and like those guys. When I dove into their books and was learning that stuff, and Noah Levine came to Vancouver and did like you know sat at a Dharma session there like with them, and um, that that stuff was life changing to me. It really it was life changing, and um, I know it's life changing for other people too. And that's why I just like I, I talk about it all the time because it can be. It, it, it can be everything. It can be like the make or break for you. You know what I mean? You don't have to listen to that little voice anymore. And it's so freeing when you hear that, like you said, when it clicks, you're like, Oh my God. And yeah. all of a sudden, like you just drop a bunch of baggage. Like, <laughs> okay. Dude. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's a great analogy. Cause that is what it kind of felt like. Like I just felt like I, like part of it just melted off of me. And I was like, wait, I've been carrying around this little bastard in my head. Who, who's still there by the way? He's definitely, definitely still there. But now I can just like, I can just tell, I can just like acknowledge it and like let it pass through instead of getting all pissed off and like feeling bad about myself about it. And I don't know, man, I'm still definitely practicing it, you know, and I have my days for sure, but it's definitely gave some relief, you know, in that aspect. Absolutely. And I don't think you ever like get there, you know, there's no like end to it, right? Yeah, there's no like a rival yeah, it's the it's the cliche, right? It's a practice because you you practice it every every day for the rest of your life. You never yeah. you, you never finish, but um, it's better than not practicing it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask Noah now too the, of the ongoing debate: is it Levine or Levine? Because yeah, I I've heard I, I don't know either, dude. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to find out for sure. <laughs> can make yeah, sure. I'm, but uh, I love everything that those guys um, are doing and did, and they were a huge influence on me. I just I think yeah. they're awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's good stuff, dude. So what, what, uh, what's next for you, man? Um, like what, I mean, well, what is life like today, bro? Like, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You got a, you got a daughter, right? Um, uh, yeah. I got a son or yeah. son. I'm Real sorry. Son. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, life is really crazy as of just the last few months, but it's super awesome. And basically what happened was, so, uh, when my son was born, we made the decision that my, um, that my wife would stay at home and uh, because in Vancouver we live in an incredibly expensive city and we couldn't afford to put our kids in any kind of daycare or anything like that it just it was like another rent on top of you know everything we're dealing with so and my wife had been working as an English teacher but was um, had been an artist for a long time so we said you know what let's just do this like I'll I'll work and take care of you guys and you dive into your art full time and she's doing that the last three years and like I said you were looking at the art I'm in her yeah. room here awesome just killing it as a full-time artist and I was working in the animation industry actually as a producer mm. um, that was just not a passion of mine it was just a 
weird day job that I it's a ton of work too yeah um and uh just in november that was uh, everything you work uh in animation is based on contracts in november my my last contract was completed and um i got some money um from the company as i left and i said this looks like the opportunity for us to make this change yeah so as of basically just from december last year i've been at home me and my wife are now both at home doing our own thing uh i've dived full-time into holistic sobriety she's doing her artist thing full-time and um it's been a bit of a change but it's we were working towards this like the last yeah. you know five years or whatever and now we're doing it and it's just awesome we're good good for you guys man like, like you're you're just like you're you're lit you're both living out your dream and what you enjoy to do bro and like yeah. um you know, I just admire that, bro. Congratulations on making that that move because I know that that move is a huge move, especially with the son, a family. You know, I mean, it's a lot. Um, by the by, the looks of your your wife's art behind you, bro. I mean, it's just like amazing stuff, mm -hmm, it's for really sure. Cool. And it's if anyone out there wants to check it out, Sam <laughs> Joe Hall Art. If you want to, you know, check out her website or check out her Instagram. What is it? Pl plug it one more time. Uh, Sandeep Joe Hall Art. Okay, so, got it. Yeah, and um, she does a lot of. Um, Indian folk art and talks a lot about issues in the Indian community with her art nice. and um, she's doing big murals and all kinds of projects and really cool stuff. So. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Yeah. Con congrats on that, bro. Super cool. Um, you know, I almost forgot this and I'm glad I just scrolled down for a minute. I had a question come in the other day um, from, uh, from Brian who listens to the show and I thought maybe I could read the question and then we can kind of maybe yeah. help, help Brian answer or give him Absolutely. A from our perspective. So uh, Brian says, um, I've, I've been extremely successful in business. Uh, two beautiful girls, money in the bank. I have a great life and most people, I have a great life that most people would strive to obtain. I have absolutely no craving for alcohol at all during the day, but when five hits, my wife and I are bottoms up. I stopped once for like 30 days about five years ago, just didn't have it in my heart and committing beyond that. I've even told my wife several times that I want and need to stop I'm at a point where she knows it's bullshit, so I'm not taken seriously. My work life is surrounded by booze. All my neighbors drink like crazy. And I'm just at a point where it's comical for me to mention to anyone that I even want to stop. I have a drink. I've drank almost every day of my life uh, since I was 17. Um, it's past time to get the stronghold out of my life. I know now I need to be a grown man, put my foot down. Um, but it's so uncomfortable um, that I can't make the dedication. Uh, or I'm sorry. Is it because I'm so uncomfortable that I can't make the dedication towards quitting? So I know there was a lot there, but um, I mean, did, did anything stand out to you? Or oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's such a common thing. Like the uh, the drinking work culture thing yeah. is they're just tied together, and um, it's I have lots of friends who who deal with that who like want to get healthier and want to lose weight and stuff, but it's like they work in uh, you know jobs where a lot of people are drinking, or they work even in entertainment where they're always in bars and, and pubs and stuff like that so you're the dj or you're the musician and you you get free alcohol and it's yeah. hard to say no and um yeah i mean really like my advice to brian would be like you have to to take the stand and make the change and it's i think the thing that's hard about doing it is because you're then removing yourself from that social group at work now right like yep. the after work drinks and all that 
but the only way that you can make that true change is by removing yourself from that situation, being honest with the people, telling them that like, look, you're just, you're, you're on a sober kick right now. You're just trying to get a bit healthier and reduce your alcohol consumption and, and get a bit healthier. And that's always like a scary thing to do to admit to your peers. Cause there's a lot of ridicule in that. Right. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, at some point you just got to do it you got to like make the change for yourself and the one thing about recovery that's hard is it's fucking lonely as shit (laughs) nobody wants to do what you're doing and you have to be okay and comfortable with that because it will be hard it will be lonely but if you want to make change that's the only way that you could do it you got to go the hard and lonely route to get there come out on the other side and i and i think you mean lonely in the beginning right yeah lonely yeah like right at first because you 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 feel like you're 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 singled out and you are singled out like you said it best like you're gonna get some shit from your neighbors you're gonna get some shit from your co sounds like brian you might even get some shit from your wife absolutely (laughs) but here's the thing like once you once you take a little bit of that shit and she knows you're serious your neighbors know you're serious about it eventually it'll stop and you're gonna have to just wear it i have a good idea that just came to mind too you can try out holistic sobriety and there's a good excuse right there and go you know what i'm trying out this new thing called holistic sobriety um you know, I heard about it on a podcast. It sounds really awesome. I'm checking it out right now. I'm going to, I'm just trying to, you know, do it, do it a little bit at a time, man. And then just tell them the fuck off after that. If they haven't, that's a good point that I want to make. And thank you for bringing that up is because, um, with holistic sobriety, one of the things I'm trying to get across to people is like, this is not just a program for people to take. If you, if you are like, uh, you know, consider yourself an addict, like yeah, you're just trying to reduce your alcohol consumption and become a healthier individual holistic sobriety is absolutely for you you know i'm not i don't preach abstinence i'm not a 12-stick program or anything like that um if you want to just learn how to relate to alcohol in a different way and be healthier doing those healthier things is going to reduce your cravings anyway you know what i mean yeah. and so it can make alcohol more manageable so it's absolutely um applicable in that situation as well um but you know it's funny because i was thinking about this the other day is like you know when you tell somebody that like you don't do coke anymore they're like oh that's awesome man that's great i don't do you know whatever that i don't you know have a eating disorder anymore that's fucking that's great oh man i don't drink anymore what the fuck's your problem isn't that hilarious how that that is so great right there yeah isn't that hilarious it just that's the only one where people are like you tell them that and they're like they're not happy they're like fuck yeah you what's wrong? Like, what's wrong with you? You don't drink anymore. What is your how? Wait, how do you do that? Number one, it's like, yeah. yeah, dude, that's such a good point, bro. I love it. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's just it's comedy because it's so common. It's such like this normalcy bias behind drinking and whatever. And um, you know, it is. It's very common. You know, real quick, and I know we're we're gonna wrap this up in just a minute, but I want to touch on that real quick. What you said because I feel I've had a lot of those thoughts about that about just what you were saying about. You know, holistic sobriety is not just for somebody who needs, you know, who, who might think they might be an alcoholic or an addict, or maybe they need to go to rehab. I, I've been really trying to better um, uh, kind of touch on that on, on the show just in general. And I guess I just don't really know how to do it because for me, I, I, I stick to a lot of my personal experience. Like I went to rehab, I do 12 step, like, but I know there's so many men and women out there, young and old that are kind of, and Larry Hagner and I from Good Dad Project talked about this a little bit, that are, that are in that, like, I think Larry called it the middle ground. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily an alcoholic, 
but like, I really want to stop drinking. Like I'm drinking too much. It's, mm-hmm. it's not really fun anymore. Yep. I, I just kind of do it because it's what everyone else is doing. Like how the hell do I do that? And um, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think there's a gap there that, that needs to be bridged uh, for yep. a lot of those people in that situation. Yeah, for sure. I agree 100%. And again, that was one of the thoughts behind holistic sobriety. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people are looking for that. And a lot of the people that um, tested the program for me and people that I know personally who were kind of in that boat um, just said, you know, to me, those same things like, wow, this was really helpful because the other uh, options that were given to them were like, you know, you're, you're homeless or you've been on the streets and you got to like, you know, you're starting from the bottom, but it's like, not everybody's starting from the bottom. People want to incorporate something in their life where that they still go to work every day. And so they still have kids and, and stuff like that. And they need, you know, they can't just drop everything and and go into like a treatment program. Maybe they don't need something that harsh, but they need something. Right. And um, I feel like holistic sobriety can, can fill that void. Dude, we need to get together and do like a uh, like a mini conference or something, man. Absolutely. Some workshops. I think that'd be great, bro. I've been kind of yeah. getting that vibe the whole time we've been chatting. I had this this quick little vision of like this, you know, this community get together where we're mm-hmm. talking about sobriety and general health and wellness. I think we could get some really good people involved in something like that. So we'll, we'll connect on that. And uh, maybe we'll reach out to David Ratchford, maybe Erica or something. That'd be awesome, bro. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like, like I was telling you before we started, I'm so excited that the, that the research part of this program is done and now it's live because I can now start to build, you know, community with people yeah. like yourself and others and really like discuss these ideas and be like, let's do some cool mm-hmm. stuff. Let's really bring this yeah. to people. You know, I'm, I'm really excited for all that. Yeah, dude. Well, it's uh, it's been great to chat with you, bro. And uh, I'm excited for you too, man. Congrats on the launch uh, of Holistic Sobriety Course um, and everything you're doing, man. Stepping out with your wife, dude, and, and your son and just going after what you believe in and what you're passionate about. Um, if folks want to reach out to you, if they want to find Holistic Sobriety, they want more information, where can they do that? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can find me on most social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, but in particular, I'm on Instagram the most, and you can find me there just under Holistic Sobriety. Um, and you can find the Holistic Sobriety course is uh, hosted on Teachable. So I think it's holisticsobriety.teachable.com. Um, and you can find that there and you can sign up for the course ready to go. Awesome, man. Man, uh, we didn't get into Gleaming the Cube. I forgot. Dude. Thank, you. Thank you for posting that photo, Christian Slater, Gleaming the Cube, like 1986 or seven. I don't know what year it was exactly, but dude, one of my favorite movies, bro. I saw that when I was scrolling through and I went, there it is. Yes, it's yeah. so rad right yeah, there. Absolutely. I've yeah. got Gleaming the Cube and Thrashing both oh, to watch yes. this weekend. So. Yeah, Thrashing's <laughs> legit too. Yeah. That's some good stuff. Remember Rad too? Rad was oh, yeah. Movie. I've got that too. I just I found all these. I got I'm like I'm going through an eighties blitz right now. So yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm gonna follow in the uh, follow in your footsteps, I think, man. Lots of good stuff. Yeah. Well, right on, right on, Chris, man. Thank you again. Uh you can check us out at that soberguy.com. Uh connect with us on Instagram at real that sober guy and at Shane Raymer on Twitter. We'll put all of Chris's show notes or uh, links in the show notes. So if you want to go back and, uh, and and click on those and check out holistic sobriety or contact him on Instagram. On Twitter, you can do that there. Uh, peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean.